Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I'll be your host today, and I'm here with Kyle from AKT Fullerton in Fullerton, California. What's up, Kyle? How are you today? Hi, Bree. Nice to meet you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. Absolutely. Thank you so much for taking the time. Excited to chat with you today. Awesome. I'm, I'm very excited too. Good. All right. Let's jump right into the details here. Wasting no time. What is it that made you want to own your own facility? How did you get started? Yeah. So I have been a management consulting. Uh, I've ran the corporate rat race for 23 years. And, uh, you know, it was one of those things, I, you know, I went up pretty high up on the, the ladder, so to speak, in the corporate ladder, uh, in, mm-hmm. at least in the management consulting area. And, uh, but, you know, at some point, uh, I was one of those management consultants that spent pretty much entire year on the road. I was spending mm-hmm. 200 nights a year in, on the road. I was, you know, logging 175,000, 150,000 miles on the, uh, you know, on the plane every year. And, uh, you know, I had a family that was growing. I had three kids. I had a wife and I wanted to, you know, that whole lifestyle really got to me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's it just, you know, it's kind of a familiar story for a lot of people that are in that industry. Yeah. But, you know, I truly reached a point where I really felt a burnout. Uh, you know, it's just like there are so many hotel nights that you could uh, spend and not really feel like, what are you doing with your life? Uh, and so uh, around 2019, uh, my, me and my wife started to have some discussions about, you know, where do we want to take our life in the future? Mm-hmm. And she, at that point, she also, uh, she, had, she had been a very successful educator before, and uh, she had kind of let all of that go uh, so that she could, you know, help raise the three kids that we have. Mm-hmm. And uh, at that point, I think she was also kind of looking to, okay, maybe I get into the workforce, back into the workforce now that the kids have gone into schools and there's a little more of free time and all that stuff. So we started talking about, okay, what are the best options? Um, and uh, we talked about some job opportunities for her. And I really, you know, looked into different, op- you know, a lot of business owning opportunities and things like that. And I realized, you know, maybe doing a business, running a business in the community that I grew up is something that I always wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So uh, when I looked into all the different business models, the fitness studio, the whole franchise fitness, the boutique fitness idea concept came to me, looked into it a little bit, talked to a few people. And I, you know, felt like this is something that I could really make work because Mm -hmm. I, you know, I am pretty good about building relationships. I am pretty good about talking to people. I also felt like, you know, fitness is something that I could sell, even though I myself is not necessarily like a fitness trainer or a fitness junkie. I participated in some fitness programs before. Uh, So and the whole business uh, in terms of the numbers and how it would work really made a lot of sense to me. Uh, There are some businesses that you just don't understand where the levers are, so to speak. Uh, mm-hmm. I think for me, when I talked to, you know, thought about the uh, fitness model and the fitness studios, the whole business concept really, like it made sense to me. It's membership. It's basically, it's a subscription base, but it's also here are the, all the levers that are going to be basically influential to those numbers. Uh, right. So when those numbers and that type of business, all the business concepts made sense, I just felt like this is something that I could dive into. 
Uh, yeah, and also, absolutely. you know, if you think about 2019, fitness, boutique fitness was really on the rise and it was really getting popular. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, when I came across this brand, AKT, you know, it was it served a market and it basically introduced a new concept that didn't exist in in the market at that time. Right. Uh, it mm -hmm. still doesn't uh, because there's a lot of boutique, a kind of a more of a, you know, boot, boot camp style, boot camp concept. That's, you know, and uh, a lot of things that kind of, you know, do very similar things to CrossFit. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of different ways of doing boot camp out there and they're all great. I'm not criticizing any of them. I just wanted to introduce something that's very new and right. different. And I felt like that was going to be our difference maker. Uh, so when I saw this AKT, I decided to jump in. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, a good way to take on a, a business venture that keeps you home. Yes. And that, you know, you're able to still kind of do a lot of the things that maybe you were doing before, but not have to travel so much and go so far and be away from your family so much. So that's, that's fantastic. Now, yeah. as far as the business model goes, how are things structured? Are we doing group classes, uh, semi-privates, private sessions, open memberships? What does that look like as far as the business model itself goes? Our main business model is group classes. Okay. So we have a studio here where we have just one uh, workout area. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm going to compare it to, you know, some of the other brands that are out there. But if you think about yoga and Pilates, you usually just have, you go in and there's one Pilates or yoga space. Right. Uh, that's kind of how we are structured as well. And so we run a group class that's running it on an hourly basis. Mm -hmm. uh, we want to eventually get into the semi-private and private training uh, space, but um, that is something that we have to learn, I think, better about how to basically bring to our studio. So it, we do have the capability to do that, but we are basically kind of our schedule right now is pretty much, you know, occupied by the group classes and that's what we do. Right. Um, and that's our primary business, business model. The second thing that we do very well at AKT uh, is uh, selling retail. Mm. So, you know, kind of that boutique retail, you know, the, you know, all the brand, uh, high brands, high end brands, we have them in our studio. And so uh, we try to sell that uh, the kind of workout clothes and, you know, other equipment to our members. And, you know, we could do get some generate some revenue based on that. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Now, do you have um, what brands do you have at the studio? Do you have like Lululemon, Athletica? Yes. Yeah, okay. we have Lululemon, we have uh, Emily Shoe, we have okay. uh, Beyond Yoga. Uh, we kind of rotate different brands. Uh, there's a brand called Nux that's very popular with our members here. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, yeah, we carry the high-end kind of the boutique, um, you know, kind of the brand that kind of goes along with our image and our, you know, right. the, you know kind of uh, the, the, the level of, uh, you know, boutique kind of the fitness studio that, that we're trying to basically create. Yes, absolutely. I love that. When I was in my facility, I always felt like that was something that was missing, you know, mm -hmm. like the high end clothing that people actually want to buy, you know, mm -hmm. because there are so many franchises and I'm not knocking other franchises, but there are so many that just like throw their logo on just a t-shirt, you know, that right. nobody really wants to buy. And then they kind of wonder why their stuff isn't selling. And, yeah. you know, when you exactly. actually 
and of course they're more expensive, but they're higher quality. And those are the things that people want. Like the women that are coming to your facility and the men, I mean, are probably going to Lululemon to buy the stuff anyway. That's so it's correct. like, if you can have that in your facility and then also advertise your brand at the same time, it's like, it's a no brainer. Yeah. I mean, it's the kind of clothes that you want to wear on a daily basis, not just right. to go work out. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I love that. Mm -hmm. All right. So now as far as your membership base goes, how many members are you currently serving at your facility? Yeah. So we are at about 200. We just kind of oscillate between 200 and just below 200. We went mm -hmm. above 200 a little bit uh, at one point. Uh, and then, um, uh, and then we, obviously the topic of COVID is going to come up, but mm -hmm. you know, especially where I am in California, the, the, you know, the kind of COVID mandates and restrictions have been a little bit stricter than other areas in the country. Right. And so we've been very sensitive to any type of surge and any type of, you know, new variants that come up. So uh, at one point we were feeling really good with about 215 members and then uh once the delta hit i mean we've kind of oscillated between two that range of 190 to 210 for the past few months right um, so uh you know i think one of those things that i'm challenging myself is how much of that is really influenced by covid and all the omicron and delta uh, wave that we've been experiencing mm -hmm. or how much of that is you know something that we need to address as a studio to make sure that we break through that barrier so to speak right um, I think you know I'm going to be very honest I, I'm very you know just, I'm honest about these things and I, I try to be as self-reflective and self-honest about my who we are uh, mm -hmm. and I think there's part of it is you know both ways I think there's a little bit of the external factors like COVID and other things the economical things that are going on right now but there's also, I think that we could things that we need to do better as a studio in order to us to break through that, that I think that bare plateau, so to speak. Right. Uh, and so, yeah, that's something that I'm really conscious of and trying to, you know, think about, you know, and, you know, challenge ourselves to get better. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that outlook because it's so easy to to blame things on outside circumstances, you know, and especially the last two years, COVID's really easy kind of out, you know, but there are always things within the facility that we can do to better the experience for clients, to get them better results. Um, and usually that starts by letting people know where you are and what you do. You know, a lot of times yes. people don't even know that you're there or that you exist or that you provide what they're looking for. So now what does that look like for you as far as marketing goes, as far as getting the word out there about what it is that you do? How do you approach the marketing piece? Yeah, so we do a lot of our marketing, obviously, through the online uh, social media, you know, mm -hmm. online marketing and things like that. I think that's what a lot of people do these days. Uh, one thing that we wanted to get super uh, aggressive about was trying to get out into the community, you know, trying to get, you know, into community events, uh, even like some commercial events out there and things like that. And mm -hmm. that's what was being shut down for us for the past two years. Um, right. Uh, and we've been only open for about a year and a half now. Uh, but mm -hmm. during that year and a half, we, we opened in October in, of 2020. Uh, so right, um, it, it was interesting times, 20, yes. uh, October of 2020. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, if you think about we, you know, us doing all the pre-sale and getting ready to open phase, 
-hmm. you know, that was about June, July of 2020. And that's when, you know, this whole, you know, COVID thing was at its height. And so therefore us being able to go out there in the market has been very limited, you know, being able to hold events and being participated in even commercial events like bridal, bridal uh, conferences, for instance. Um, and so all of those things have been so limited. And so that's, I feel like that's part of what we have not been able to tap into. And hopefully with, you know, COVID going away, again, we don't know for sure, but you know, we're hoping that that is the kind of, you know, marketing avenue that opens up for us. Right. Absolutely. So first of all, to be able to have 200 members at this point opening at the time you did is a huge accomplishment. Thank so you. congratulations on that. I mean, that, that is amazing. Well, it's, um, it's reassuring to hear that from you who talked to a lot of gym owners out there. Uh, yes. Because I mean, I try to talk to as many people as possible. And, um, you know, so to hear that 200 is not a bad number for us to get to, that's a little reassuring because that we beat yes. ourselves up about that number all the time. Yeah, that is not that is not a bad place to be. And as like, especially right now, there's so many gym owners that I talk to who have been in business for years and don't have those numbers. Mm -hmm. So I mean, that's, that's a huge accomplishment. And I mean, at this point, they're about 40% of gyms closed during that time. Yeah. So, you know, to be at a point where you're sitting at a pretty comfortable number for you right now, anyway, at, at 200 members and still have growth on the mind, and you're still kind of looking in the mirror to see what you can do to up that number. I mean, that that's huge because a lot of people aren't there, you know, they're not there yeah. membership wise. And then they're not there mindset wise either, because it's just been rough. Like, let's be real. It's been rough. It has um, been horribly rough. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, rough I, rough I isn't mean, a strong enough word. I don't think. Exactly. But, yeah. The number of sleepless nights I've had is just uh, unhealthy. And right. um, yeah, it's been, it's been, you know, it's, it's been like a gut punch every so yeah. often. Um so, you know, just to give you, you know, I don't want to give you the entire SOP story, so to speak, but, you know, so we decided to get into this in 2019, did a lot of the paperwork in 2019. We're doing, you know, doing the design studio design. We're doing the re real estate search and all of that in 2019. Mm -hmm. We find it, we find a location, we're ready to go. And uh, we're just waiting for some, uh, you know, permits to come through for us to start breaking ground. And boom, it's, uh, you know, January, February, really April of 2020 is when, you know, basically all of California went into a lockdown. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, you know, so we come out of that. And so there's a lot of talk about, okay, how long is this, this thing going to last? And obviously no one knew. And, what, you know, one of the main things that I was motivated by was, okay, when this thing is done, I think people are going to go out there and look for a new place, new for new concepts and so on and so forth. So I really picked up my speed, so to speak. I never slowed down. Um, right. And people who knew me at that time know it. I mean, I was calling the city for permits. I was calling my vendors to basically not even waste a day, right? Uh, I mean, I was in like literally real time in terms of a permit came in and then I was like literally on the phone five minutes later with our real, you know, the uh, architect and all that stuff to finalize paperwork and all that stuff. So I never slowed down. I never slow played this because I wanted to be on the uptick of coming yeah. out of the COVID. Mm -hmm. And I thought that that was going to be the end of 2020. Lo and behold, 
I somehow got it to open on October of 2020. And that was a huge accomplishment. I mean, there was COVID still going on uh, and all that stuff. And honest, you know, I think I did an amazing, you know, I personally think I, I try not to pat myself in the back, but I think I did, we did an amazing job as a team to get this up and running October yeah. 2020. And when we opened, there was a such a tremendous like momentum and celebration. And we, our member, you know, membership picked up like crazy. And, you know, we tripled our membership from the opening weekend to about, you know, a week later. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, so at that point, the talk was, hey, I think this is going away. You know, there was like orange tier. There was all these like colored tiers yes. in California. Mm-hmm. So we were at the orange tier when we opened up and there was like actually a discussion about going down to yellow tier or we were one of the tiers and we were just talking about going down to a different tier. Mm -hmm. And then boom, I mean, literally in a matter of week, they said, no, not only are we not going down, we're going up to, we're going to the, to the purple tier or whatever it is. And uh, I mean, the shock that I had of that, just being feeling like blindsided by where we are with the tier system and uh, being told that we can't run our classes inside and if you look at our business model the way that we built our uh, the inside the fitness actual fitness area is such a big part of our business model because it's right. actually designed like a nightclub that's so, so cool there's a dance floor there's like mirrors everywhere there's a disco ball and so the disco ball turns on at the end of the workout that basically gives you that extra boost. We call it the performance section because we are, again, dance fitness, yep. uh, you know, inspired. So all of that was, you know, we spent so much investment uh, to basically enable that to happen. And then we get told of after about a month after we opened up that we can't run any of that classes inside. Right. Right. And so what do we do? I mean, do we shut down? Do, what do we, I mean, what? What? I mean, literally, there was about a three-hour period of me, like, literally not wanting to do anything because yeah. I really felt the existential crisis at that point. With, Absolutely. You know, is this really even going to survive? And then I got up and I said, okay, we're going to run our classes from our back parking lot. So mm-hmm. uh, we have a front parking area and a back parking area. And that back parking area, because of COVID, not a lot of the businesses were in the the, the mall, mm-hmm. we are, we said, we're just going to basically set up in our back parking lot and I run our classes from the back parking lot. So we got, went and got some yoga mats. We enabled some other equipment. We got a speaker system. We got all of that enabled within literally from the after in one afternoon, I had a friend who came and actually cleaned with water and, and all of that stuff in the back parking lot for me. He cleaned it with me so that I could actually run classes in a clean parking lot, right? And I cleaned that parking lot for the next six months, um, you know, so that our members could actually have a clean space to to work out in. But we were outside and we basically, so we invested half a million dollars enabling this environment, environment, this studio with, again, disco balls, everything that you could think of. And none of that was in play for about six months after we opened, right? And yeah. all we're doing is we're running a back parking lot workout space. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that just turns the business upside down, inside out. Right. And yeah. Our membership decreased to almost nothing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I think, you know, I think we, we were surviving with something like 40 members at that time. 
Wow. Um, and, uh, you know, those 40 people, though, are the ones that actually helped us survive, right? Somehow. Right. And uh, yeah. And then, but so then we come in in April, they finally said, okay, you know, business is back to normal. You could go in with some limited capacity and so on and so forth. And April, May, June, we finally pick it up in July. We're finally picking it up. And I'm feeling so much so optimistic about it. And I said, okay, maybe this is the way the business needs to look like. Right. I finally feel pretty good about the future. And then, of course, July, I hear about Delta variant. Yes. And then it's another gut punch. And right. Then, mm -hmm. uh, and then literally the, the transition from Delta to Omicron didn't really even have a space. It's, it's, we, no. it, I feel like we just rolled straight into Omicron. Yep. And that's another gut punch. Yes. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, I feel like we just keep taking gut punch after gut punch and we somehow survived uh, for the past year and a half. Yes. Uh, and so where do we go from here is something that, yeah, we think about a lot. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I know it's been kind of like one frustrating thing after the other, but you've survived and you're at a point now where, you know, you seem to be in a pretty good place as far as the membership goes. So now what are your focuses for 2022 to really take it to that next level? Yeah. I mean, obviously we need to uh, grow, still grow our membership. Mm -hmm. You know, thankfully we were just on that cusp of, I think, breaking even. Mm -hmm. uh, I think in some months we're breaking even, some months we're, you know, a little bit low uh, and so on and so forth. Uh, and so, you know, we need to grow our membership. I mean, I think that's the number one focus that we have. Now, growing our membership just takes a lot of other aspects, like you, uh, as you probably know, right? Uh, which right. Is, it's not just about getting, making more sales. It's about making the studio experience better. We have to mm -hmm. have our uh, trainers to deliver amazing classes. We need to have our front desk staff be the most welcoming staff out there. Uh, and just the whole experience of coming here needs to feel like they're coming to a second home rather than to another, you know, fitness studio. So that's something that I'm very conscious about. Um, and so, yeah, we've had a lot of growing pains. And, you know, the, the fact is AKT is a brand new brand. It's, it's right. you know, no one's ever heard about it, you know, yeah. like, mm -hmm. and no one's even heard about the concept, you know. Um, you know, if you are opening a yoga studio, you know, at least people know what yoga is. Right. Uh, Pilates studio, people know what that is. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, certain boutique concept, CrossFit, everyone know what that, you know, what knows what that, those concepts are. Right. AKT is a brand new concept. So there's like everyone that walks in, we have to do, we have to educate them. There's a lot of, uh, you know, selling and educating of the brand. And so we have to get really, really refined and, you know, super you know kind of strong and tight about our sales messages right uh, and you know we just need to make sure that the brand grows along with our studio uh and uh so those are all the big challenges that we're facing absolutely and now is there any type of advertising that's done from the franchise itself do they do any type of advertising do they provide advertising for you how does that work I think they also, as a franchise, the corporate business, they are running some ads um, mm -hmm. on social media again. So in a way that they're basically in the same space that we are. 
uh, I think they are also trying to generate a lot of buzz through, you know, uh, publications, you know, doing success stories, uh, our corporate members, right. our trainers, our master trainer, you know, the director of education doing interviews out there uh, and all of that stuff. So, uh, you know, they're trying to create more buzz around AKT. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, you know, so another thing that I'm going to share is that AKT, people ask me what AKT stands for all the time. It stands mm -hmm. for Anna Kaiser Technique. It, so it basically okay. has a person's name in it. So Anna Kaiser is this fitness influencer, fitness trainer to the celebrities that basically started the program. Mm -hmm. And uh, she started the, uh, the program in New York City, I think in 2013, I believe. Uh, I may have the year wrong by uh, a few years, but you know, some, you know, sometime about 10 years ago, maybe it's 2011. Uh, but it's, so she basically started this in New York City and it became you know, something that became very famous in New York City. A lot of celebrities ended up joining her. She ended up, uh, you know, getting uh, friends, becoming friends with Kelly Ripa. Kelly Ripa works out with her six days a week, blah, blah, blah. So Kelly Ripa has Anna Kaiser on her morning show all the time. Uh, and so that's kind of the, the reason why the brand decided to take on her name as part of the brand name. Well, I have an interesting story for you. Again, I opened up in October of 2020. That's also when Anna Kaiser decided to get into a legal dispute with the corporate office. Oh, no. So Anna Kaiser is no longer really involved with the brand right now. Uh, wow. So I don't want to get into the details because I don't want to get into right. trouble in terms of, you know, all the legal, legal details, but I could tell you it's, it's a public knowledge. It's, it's mm -hmm. a New York, you know, it's, it's been written by, I think, New York times and everything. So it's public knowledge, but Anna Kaiser is no longer involved with the brand. So we kind of lost that momentum there too, you know, right. that we were counting on Anna to do. Mm -hmm. uh, and the buzz and also, of course, you know, having the, you know, so-called founder and, you know, to be involved in the brand, you know, we lost some of that momentum there as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that's yet another kind of a gut punch that we, you know, that us as an AKT brand had to endure. Uh, and right. so, yeah, so, you know, it's, it's basically taking so much more time to get this brand and this concept out there. But, yeah. yet, you know, I believe so strongly about about the program and about what we have here. Uh, it is it is a top notch workout. So it is a dance fitness. Uh, it's dance inspired, but dance is not the only thing that we do. And but it's basically it's cardio, it's strength, it's flexibility, it's recovery, all of that wrapped into one program. And I, I'm such a huge believer in the program mm -hmm. uh, and just by looking at the members who have been with us, you know, just even after a month, uh, right. the changes that it brings to their, uh, you know, it's to them. Um, it's not just their body because we get told all the time. They basically, they say that I get noticed by my coworkers, my friends, my, you know, colleagues or whatever it is that I move different. You know, mm -hmm. people that say, Hey, you move, you're moving differently. And that's AKT because our uh, concept, our brand is rooted in movement. Right. And because it's, it's dance inspired. So if you think about dance, you know, what, would, what do dancers really care about? It's basically being able to move their bodies with flexibility, with grace, with strength and power, you know, and all of that is incorporated into this program. 
And so you move differently when you do this. And therefore, I know that this is going to, this has a lot of potential and it serves a, a part, part of the market, so to speak, that no one else is really thinking about and absolutely and, and focusing on. And so we're, I'm very hopeful, but it's just going to take a lot of time. It's going to take, it's taken so much work so far and it's going to take so much more work going forward. Absolutely. Yeah. It sounds like something that's fun too, you know, that would attract people just because of that aspect. Cause let's be real. A lot of people don't get too excited about working out, but if it's something that they actually enjoy doing and they look forward to, then that can make all the difference in the world. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, if you think about Brie, like, you know, like what's the best way, fun way to get cardio it's to music and dance. Right. Um, and again, dance is not the only, you know, we have four different workout types in our program. Dance is not the only thing that we do, but, you know, a lot of it is rooted in that movement and dance and music. So music right. is such an integrated part of our workout. It's, it's, it's not something that just plays in the background for us. We use the music to do things in our classes. Right. And that's what gets everyone to actually get really excited and have fun in there. So everyone that comes out of the, our classes, they said that was so fun. Mm -hmm. uh, and it actually, there is a scientific basis for it because uh, there is something called the collective, I think it's called the uh, collective effervescence. It's basically have that feeling of doing things together as a group together. And then you're on in, you know, in unis, you know, uh, uniform movement yeah. and everyone's doing the same thing together, almost kind of getting yourself rise to the same goal, so to speak. Mm -hmm. uh, and that basically gives you that high. And that's right. what AKT delivers. Absolutely. Now, what is the kind of like front end offer that you're running or what are you using to grab people's attention and get them to come in the door? Is there something, is there like a trial? Is there a free first class? Is there something of that nature that you're using to get people in the door? Yeah, we do. We are doing the free first class Okay. Uh, for them to come in. So we give them a first free class and then we have various different packages. Uh, we try to do at this point, I mean, let's face it business is tough so uh we had to give some discounts to people to basically sign up and we try to do kind of the trial period so that they get a initial few months of you know some added benefit uh so whether that is you know x percentage off of their membership or in some cases we've actually given people uh, a few more credits for free so you know you get you know, you get this package, then we'll give you a few more credits that will really round out your need, so to speak. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that's kind of the typical program that we're running uh, to basically get people to come in uh, and try a class and sign up for memberships. Got it. Okay. And on average, how many new faces are you seeing per month right now? Per month? Yeah. Uh, so uh, I think in a given week, we are getting about 20 new faces to come into the studio. Okay. Somewhere between 15 to 20. Okay. Uh, that number has actually been pretty good. Uh, yeah. So, uh, that's a week. So I, I would say we, we get about 80 people to show up for, and try out AKT for the very first time. Okay. Uh, and, you know, if you try AKT, I think we do have about, uh, right now we're running at about, I would say, 30% chance of them signing up for a long-term membership. Okay. Uh, uh, member, but you know, I can also, I you know, there are some people that choose to go kind of the class pack route, you know. Uh, so you know, I can't forget them as well. So they usually, you know, sometimes they get that. So 
I would say about, you know, 40% of the people will, you know, come back and take more AKT classes. Okay. Uh, and that's where we are, you know, in terms of the numbers. Uh, you know, we want that number to be much higher. You know, I think right. it would be great if they come in and basically 75, 80% of the people say, take the class and say, yeah, I want to do this again. Right. Uh, there's, you know, because we're so different and because we're so new, there is a little bit of that shock factor when they first come in. Um, for instance, it's dance inspired. So there you're learning, you know, you're doing it with your dance, you know, there's dance that's involved in it. Right. As all dance classes, the very first time you're doing your dance class, you're going to be missing a few steps and mm -hmm. you're going to um, not necessarily get the whole choreograph the first time. And that's very natural. But a lot of people have problem kind of getting beyond that and say, yeah. OK, it was my first class. I didn't get it right, but it's OK because I enjoy it. And so if I enjoy it, I'm going to invest my, you know, you know, I'm, this is where I want to work out. Uh, let's see, we are kind of dealing a little bit with that people focusing more on that failure aspect rather than the aspirational aspect. Uh, mm -hmm. And so that's something that we need to, uh, you know, maybe we need to simplify our program, our initial dance or whatever it is. But, you know, we need to give people a little more sense of success coming out of that class, I think, in order for us to increase that number. Right. I think. Yeah. 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 I mean, there could be a, a couple of different factors there, but now, is there an incentive for people to sign up on their first day? Like yes. some type of incentive? Okay. Yeah, we do. We try to give, uh, you know, we've done like gift giveaways. We've done, uh, you know, retail, like I, you know, mentioned, we have retail business here. So retail percentage off. So, hey, if you sign up today, we'll give you this coupon that allows you to apply that to your retail credit later on. So, mm -hmm you know, do sign up today and you get these benefits. Um, you know, maybe our benefits and our program haven't been that successful, but I don't feel like it's really worked that well with that sign up on the spot and you get more credit, uh, you, you know, you get more, you know, some added benefit. Uh, so if you have some, anyone's got some good ideas, I would love to hear them too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes what I found worked was um, an enrollment fee. I don't know if that's something that you have in place or, or don't have in place, but okay. saving on the enrollment fee on the first day. Okay. So signing yeah. up for the membership on the first day, committing to that, you're saving that enrollment fee. So it's zero dollars okay. for the enrollment fee and just your first first month's membership. Yeah. That typically got people to commit because, you know, a lot of times they come in. Yeah. on that first day and it's like they know they know if they're gonna like it and they can see themselves doing it right. or not sometimes they just need that little extra yeah. push over the line you know to make yes. the commitment a lot of yeah. times it's like kind of a, a fear of commitment yeah. um but i mean if you're initially sitting down with them and really kind of establishing their goals yeah. and why they came in the door and really focusing on that and how this is going to help them get there Mm -hmm. And then also on the back end, they're saving on that enrollment fee. Then it kind of, you know, puts yeah. the pieces together and, and makes it happen. Um, yeah. That's a very good point. We don't have enrollment fee in our program, mm -hmm. in our mm -hmm. uh, in our business model. Uh, but yeah, that financial, I think, incentive is key. Because what we have done is we do have heart rate monitors uh, yeah. in our, incorporated into the program. So we've done the heart rate monitor giveaway. Uh, that seems to have worked a little bit, but that's also kind of expensive for us. Mm. Um, you know, 
And we've done, you know, obviously other financial incentive, but I think, you know, discount off of something monetary, you know, kind of monetary like that is right. probably the most effective way to go. Yeah, and absolutely. And and honestly, that enrollment fee is only there to incentivize people to sign up on that first day, mm -hmm. right? Actually get yeah. them committed to reaching their goals. And that's what it's about. And like I said, a lot of times it's more of just a commitment thing and a, an actual belief in, belief in themselves that mm -hmm. they're going to be able to reach that goal, right? Because mm -hmm. some people or most people rather are afraid to commit to something because they're afraid to fail. Mm -hmm. And it's easier for them to just not try than mm -hmm. it is to commit to something and fail. Yeah. So, you know, having some systems in place to really sit down with them initially, is that something that you're doing, like having a consultation with them and really breaking down what made them interested and what their goals are? And yeah, so we have yeah. in terms of that kind of that machine, mm -hmm. you know, I'm actually pretty proud of the, the effort that the whole team puts together in you Absolutely. know our general manager me myself my wife i think our sales staff mm -hmm. you know we reach out to them to get them to sign up for a class and we reach out to them over phone to welcome them and you know let them know a little bit more about akt before they come in so we get them on the phone or you know if they say they prefer text messages we give you know text messages we have like a whole script that is written out in text messages to give them a little bit more information about our workout type and all that stuff so mm -hmm. and then when we come, when they come in i stress to my employees that this has to be a white glove red carpet service uh, right it needs to be so welcoming and you know it needs to be like a completely eye opening experience in terms of how they feel in the studio right and I think we do a pretty good job because we've heard so many times from, uh, you know, people who sign up and who become, you know, very faithful members is that, you know, the welcomingness, the community, the, the feeling of, you know, not being judged around here and, you know, mm -hmm. that, you know, you don't feel like you're walking into a space where, you know, everyone else is in this great, amazing shape and you are, you know, just getting started. Uh, right. We kind of break that, you know, that kind of that a lot of, you know, fear that people have about that kind of stuff. So I think we do a really good job inside the studio. After the studio, we give we have a whole script on, okay, how did you feel about it? What did you right. get most about it? You know, what did you like the most about the program? So we have this whole kind of an experience, sales experience that we have the people go through. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and we, we try to stick through that script and that process procedure yeah. you know as much as we can obviously you know people come in at different angles so to speak yes. for our business uh, so it's not it doesn't work 100 percent of the time but yeah that's something that we are very conscious about how we want to you know make that experience right because uh, you know we you know this is kind of you know the boutique fitness concept so we are very con you know aware of the fact that it needs to be a very different experience and yes they need to feel you know Again, you know, it's it's not open gym concept where you could just walk in with a membership card and you you know you know kind of get through the doors and then you you're on your own working out. No, you, it's a very high touch uh, environment, right? Because yes. the trainers in there doing it with them, they're actually dancing with them, they're giving them instruction on every move, they're giving them corrections. It's it's like a personal training experience in there, and so mm -hmm. it's a high touch, and therefore we command a higher price, and therefore then we have to show that that's the experience that they need and that right. that's going to change them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm uh, happy to hear that you have um, systems in place for the sales process, starting from mm -hmm. the initial contact and mm -hmm. nurturing 
the people because eighty mm-hmm. percent of businesses do not have any system in place for nurturing. Okay. Which is crazy, you know. Yeah. It's like all of these people that you have that show interest, we have to actually get them in the door. So that's huge. I mean, you're mm-hmm. one step ahead of the game there. Um, and then having a system in place to follow along with within the sales process is super helpful because mm-hmm. it kind of keeps you on track. And like you said, sometimes people come in and there's there are different ways that you have to go about things, mm-hmm. but having that outline is is so helpful. Mm-hmm. So that's good. That's really good to hear that you've got that mm-hmm. in place. Um, all right. So we're, we're running short on time here, but there's one thing that I always love to ask every gym owner that I speak with before we mm-hmm. wrap up. Uh, mm-hmm. If you could provide a piece of advice to somebody who is considering doing their own thing, going their own way, opening their own space. You've kind of gone through a lot of the ups and downs and a crazy time opening mm-hmm. your facility. Um, mm-hmm. So what would a piece of advice be that you would provide somebody else who's maybe uh, starting out? Uh, so it is going to be a labor of love. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is like I mentioned already that there's been numerous sleepless nights and there's been such highs and lows are pretty bad here you know when it's low it's low it gets you know it's it could get really dark owning your own business Mm -hmm. Uh, but it is going to be a labor of love you know it's like it's basically literally you're raising your own baby and that's how it's going to feel like with this business yes um and so you know get into it if you really want to commit to that lifestyle so to speak um you know because i think a lot of people get into this, fall into this trap of, you know, thinking about a gym ownership, especially under the franchise model like me. Um, mm-hmm. they, they, they fall into the trap of showing up to one of those franchise, you know, presentations. Uh, and they're going to get told, oh, it's an easy business. Yes. Um, it runs run, it with the, <laughs> run it with the general manager. You will hire <laughs> a few good trainers. Oh, my gosh. Absentee owner. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Absentee mm-hmm. owner, you're going to be sitting on the beach in Hawaii, money's going to roll in. And, <laughs> and all you have to do is make sure you, you know, work well with a good general manager. Right. I honestly, don't believe a second of that, right? Yeah. It's just, um, you know, you are going to have to roll up your own sleeve. And you have to think of this as a labor of love. And it's also it's going to take some, you know, some long term investment. Um, yes especially if you're diving into a brand that is brand, you know, that's not known out there. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, again, you have a yoga or Pilates again, I'm sure the difficulties are just the same. So I'm not trying to say that if you have a yoga studio, your life is easy. Right. I'm not absolutely <laughs> not at all. But if you're like somebody looking into something like AKT, that's completely new and no one's going to know what that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really is going to be extremely high touch. And therefore, you have to really roll up your own sleeve uh, and actually, you know, help to make that uh, thing grow. So right. uh, don't have any any false expectations about this being an absentee ownership that it's going to run it by itself. Maybe it will do that in five, you know, five, six years from now, but it's not going to be like that initially. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Don't be afraid to uh, roll up your sleeves and get in there because it's going to be necessary for sure. Yeah. All right. Awesome. So as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? So you can find us on D a K T Fullerton is our, uh, our handle or our ID on Instagram and uh, Facebook. 
So it's uh, T-H-E-A-K-T Fullerton is uh, where you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. And uh, yeah, that's where we are most active. We're most active on Instagram and we post that stuff into Facebook. And, and we are very active on Instagram, uh, you know, through both posting social, you know, posting stories and also real, uh, real and uh, because we're a dance, we basically do the dance things and we post it yes. so that people <laughs> can kind of understand how we do it. That's uh, awesome. So yeah, we try to make our, and we do a lot of celebrations. We do a lot of member celebrations, milestone celebrations, uh, live st stage celebrations and all that stuff. So um, yeah, follow us. It'll be interesting. We'd we'll love to love make friends. That. Yes, absolutely. All right, perfect. So Kyle from AKT Fullerton in Fullerton, California. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been so great having you on the show. Great. Thank you very much. Thank you for the opportunity. I enjoyed talking with you today. Absolutely. And to all of the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there. We will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer and make more money, Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast, where we talk to real gym owners who are in the trenches, doing work, changing lives. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guests, Chris and Robbie from Studio 11 Total Body Fitness in Madison, Wisconsin. How are y'all doing today? We're doing great. Good, good, good. Awesome. Psyched to have you guys on here. Let's just jump into it. Tell us about Studio 11 Total Body Fitness, what you're all about. Yeah, so we are here in cold Wisconsin, and um, we're just uh, a little studio here in Madison. We're really passionate about helping um, our people reach their fitness goals. Um, we're really a class-based uh, boot camp hit style. We add a little bit of CrossFit. We do slow things down from time to time with some weight training. Um, we really, really like to help our people make fitness, not just about reaching, you know, losing weight, gaining muscle, but we really want to help people make it a lifestyle. And that's really what we're about. All right. All right. Sounds, sounds good. So you guys um, have been together for a, about a year as partners. Chris had some previous experience. He's, he's been in the fitness industry a while and much like a lot of people in this business end up Sometimes it just ends up being you have a good transformation. You love the gym you're at. You want to be a trainer. You were so excited that you took it to the next level. And you're like, I really want to be involved in this. I want to have my hands in growing this and, um, and really making the biggest difference you can and impact on that community. So walk us through a little bit of what that looked like. You know, Chris has been there. He's established. Obviously, he's a great trainer. You have all kinds of faith in him and what's going on. What what was the, the tipping point for you? And you're like, I just need to go all in on this thing and I'm going to bring what I have to the table. 
Sure. So uh, I, I don't know, for people who don't know much about Madison, they say there's a bar around every corner, but there's also a gym around every corner as well. And here uh, in Madison, there's a huge culture about like for running. And in my 20s, I was, I jumped on that bandwagon. I was a runner. I did races. I did have marathons. I did all of that. And in my 20s, that worked really good. Well, then I hit my 30s and running just didn't cut it for me anymore. So I went from gym to gym to gym. I hopped around, um, did the best I can, but nothing was really helping me really tackle my goals. I was just kind of comfortable. I was stagnant. Um, I found Studio 11, came here, and really the stuff that Chris was bringing to the table here at this gym really was working for me. So was a member for about a good year before I really started to get involved. And in that year, I had a huge transformation. And of course, on social media, people were really starting to ask me a lot of questions. They really wanted to know what was going on, how to how to do what I'm doing, um, wanted to know more about my gym, where do I go. Um, and I just decided in that moment, hey, you know, I can really be of impact and help other people. So I just spoke to Chris here and uh, great thing about him, he's always willing to give people a chance. He took a chance on me and let me really become a part of the team and a part of Studio 11. So started out small, uh, helping with classes, then helping with admin type stuff. And then we talked about really just diving in together uh, when it comes to the business. And that's where we are now. Fantastic. And uh, it, it just sounds like, you know, we talked a little bit before the podcast and, and even now, like the balance that you guys have as far as like the, the personality types and looking to see the same things, I think it's easy to see why, why this relationship in the business is working. Um, what do you think you brought specifically to the business on the business side um, that's helped you the most? Um, I would say uh, one thing that I'm really good at, because we, we complement each other as far as when it comes to weaknesses and strengths. I'm a little bit more organized. I, I'm really good at um, following up with our and helping our members stay accountable. Um, so Chris is the brains behind the operation and I'm the beauty. So <laughs> I'm really the one that um, is touching base with everyone, really establishing that connection meeting with the people. Um, and that's just something I'm really good at, that one-to-one -one personalized experience for our members. And we kind of actually in classes have a, a good cop, bad cop type of vibe. So Chris, uh, when he does classes and such, you know, people get real serious, but then here I am, the little cheerleader. So um, it's kind of a good mixture for, for our members to stay motivated and stay accountable. Absolutely. And that was, that was where I was kind of feeling like it was going on. I was seeing Chris, it seems like you're really the type to be dialed in on the execution, the programming, the, the keeping everything organized as far as class flow, keeping everybody doing, doing what they need to be doing out on the floor and, and maybe not as interested or excited about some of the ancillary stuff that comes with it. Like you're taking care of business out there and, and Robbie's kind of compliment is some of the other stuff that you know you could do, but you kind of leave it to her strengths to do better. For sure, for sure, for sure. 
Awesome. Awesome. So you guys, you made the point that in Madison, maybe there's a bar around every corner, maybe not. Um, <laughs> um, I'm not saying I can name a couple offhand, but I've been there once or twice, but um, the gym thing. So with an, an area where you feel like there are a lot, what do you feel like is the place where you stand out the most the thing that you offer it doesn't even have to be different, but what do you think that you do better than a lot of people in your area? And that's not to put anybody else down, but the thing that you feel like this is what makes people get results here. This is what makes people stick. This is our thing. What do you feel like is your, your biggest strength? Oh, um, I can tell you that right away. So because we're a smaller gym and you probably understand this too, with just some of your history with a smaller gym, we're able to give each of our members a more one-on-one -on -one experience, more attention. Um, we're really super good at holding our members accountable. Um, it, you can't go a day or two without showing up, without us already messaging you, talking to you, making sure you're staying on those goals. We meet with our, our, our members pretty regularly to keep an eye on their stats, see if they have any questions, how are they feeling, what do they want to work on. And because we're not one of those big, big box gyms, we're able to do that a little bit more. Another thing we're really good at is our culture here in the gym. We're super chill. We've got good vibes and we really have cultivated uh, like fitness family atmosphere. So when we are getting new members, they feel completely comfortable, welcome, just because we have such a great atmosphere um, here in the gym. Another thing that's worth mentioning is we are a Latino owned business and we also are bilingual. So we're able to reach uh, a lot of people. We're able to reach a demographic here that a lot of gyms can't just because of that language barrier, which um, also helps us and kind of puts us on top. Okay. Okay, cool. So you, you definitely have the small gym community family feel thing in spades at this point, right? Where you are just like, Hey, we're going to take this. And whether you grow to a hundred clients or 150 clients, whatever, whatever your magic number is. And we can talk about that a little bit in a few minutes. Um, you're going to make sure that Obviously, you're always going to make sure people are trained well, effectively, safe, right? That should go without saying for any facility. Oh, but sure. you're going to make sure you hang on to that high degree of attention, checking in with clients, making sure people feel like they are, they're recognized, they're known by you two as the owners. Yeah, I actually get a lot of members who tell me two things. One, they tell me that it's so nice to uh, be able to come to a gym and not feel like you're just the face in the crowd. Mm -hmm. um, and then another thing that I always, always hear is they really love when they're in class. In other gyms, they don't haven't always felt secure in the fact, am I even doing the move right? Am I targeting the muscles I should be targeting? And here we're able to really watch each client even throughout class. And so that's another thing we, we often hear. Uh, I'm so glad that you're able to tell me if I'm doing something wrong or not because in other gyms, they haven't felt that way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you have, if you can't do that when you're the size gym that, that you are, then usually that's a pretty big red flag that you're, you may be in the wrong business if you're not giving that sort of attention at that level. So I'm glad that you guys really recognize and focus on it. So I have a pretty good idea of 
of the feel, the, the overall, the strategy of where you guys are. Um, I want to dig in a little bit to the tactical, to some of the things that you do, your processes and procedures, um, to see where you are on, on those levels and how it, how it works together. So um, I know you guys are about to, you're about to go down the path of working with someone to do some marketing for you. Um, and that's basically, it's one of these points where a lot of gym owners come to is either you let yourself be your own guinea pig and do lots and lots of trial and error and try to stay ahead of where everything else is going, or you find someone that you believe is going to be able to give you some results. Um, so you guys are right now going down the path of working with someone else to help you with that. Um, so I think, I think measuring those results is ultimately what's going to be more important than, than who it is. So do you have, and Chris, I know you've worked on this stuff a little bit off and on. Do you have benchmarks? Do you have statistics that you want to, you want to see come true with your marketing? Um, a lot of times that'll, that would look like, you know, an ROI, how many dollars you're getting back in your dollars out or how many people are you bringing in per dollar? Is that something that you're looking at right now on this new marketing venture? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I definitely, um, I'm definitely like really focusing on the ROI as far as how much does it cost, you know, even just, you know, per lead, you know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. Let alone getting somebody in through the door, you know, that's like the big thing about, about gyms, you know, it's different, you know, it's, it's different because, you know, um, Robbie uh, just, you know, just the other day had that problem where, you know, she had two new people, two new leads. She reached out to them. Oh yeah, we're gonna come in. You know, yeah, we want to come in, and then they don't show up. And then you know, you kind of you know, you reach out to them again, and then they don't show up again. And then, so um, you know, I feel like the volume of our ROI is really determined on how on how this marketing is gonna play out. You know what I mean? Uh, because you know, if if the turnaround is you know, fifty to you know even forty dollars a person that's too much in a gym room if you guys need you know yeah yeah absolutely in a in a crowded market where you feel like there's you know the there are a lot of gyms and, and people might be just filling out forms for anything they see right. you really have to watch that and you know you're a small gym so you know i, I don't want to make assumptions but it sounds like you know one of those things that you have to worry about is it can't be an expense that you can just let get out of control, right? You're not Coca-Cola where you can spend $500 before someone spends a dollar with you. And then long-term they're going to spend 10,000. Like you need to see uh, some type of, you know, either break even or positive return on investment or else it just becomes a drain on the bank account and more work for you. Yeah. yeah and, uh, you know, we've been really just, and, I should maybe speak more for myself, but we've been really just kind of stumbling through this marketing, um, all this marketing stuff. Like when Chris first started, how he had mentioned just sharing on his page. And now as many people know, there's, you can do advertising through Facebook. So we've, we've come a long way with our marketing and, and we're learning to keep an eye on, well, how much is each lead costing us? And we know, okay, well, this ad isn't working for us. Let's change it up. We actually have been working with Facebook. Um, we meet with them about once a week to help us really um, make sure we're getting um, 
hitting those those targets as well. Um, so yeah, it's been quite the learning experience. <laughs> it, it sure can be. And there's there's another component of it, and I want to make sure that we spend a couple minutes on it because I think it'll be helpful to you and to people listening is the sales aspect of the offer that you're generating, how exciting it is. Is it exciting enough to make people actually show up for those appointments? And how do you monetize it in a way that's ethical, right? That you're collecting enough money to, to pay for your advertising, but makes you feel good about what you're doing, what you're selling people. So I want to go forward in order to come back. Uh, your sales process, when people come in, what type of offers do you have? Are people just coming in and joining your group classes? Are they committing for any, any length of time? Are they, um, are they coming in for some type of specific goal and transformation that you're building a program around? What does your process look like once somebody comes in and says, hey, I want to work out because everybody just says, I want to be healthy, right? That's kind of the generic. Mm -hmm. so what's your process for getting people signed up into something that's going to give them the, those results? Yeah, so every month we try to do a couple of different promotions and we switch those up, but we really have three main type of options that we offer people who walk in the door. And um, a good th a thing that has worked for us and what we try to do is whenever somebody reaches out to us, and they're not just walking in the door, but they, they show some um, uh, interest, I, I offer a free class. Sometimes we do a free class, sometimes we do a free week, right? So we get them in the door and then I re we really like to have that face-to-face -face connection. And then we go over our options, which I'm happy to um, tell you. So we've got a month to month. A lot of people can get scared of the whole contract uh, situation. They feel like they're locked in. Uh, so we do offer a month to month option. Um, and then we also offer a six month contract that seems to be really popular uh, here. It's not too scary. It's not too, too much of a huge time for people. I feel like they feel more comfortable with that. And then we also offer a, a kind of a more um, financial, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, easier on the pocketbook option. It's eight classes. It's an eight class pack per month. And that's uh, a cheaper a cheaper amount. So those are really our, our go-tos, our main uh, options. We do have student discounts, senior discounts as well, but then we do try to switch it up with the offers on our um, social media and such. So it just kind of depends on what, uh, what they looked at, what, how the conversation goes, if you will. Yeah. Okay. So that kind of gives me a better idea. And the reason, um, you know, why this gets to be food for thought and why it's important is marketing and sales go hand in hand when it comes to budget, right? If people are coming in and the average person is giving you a hundred, $200 on day one, you can only spend, you know, in theory up to about that, whatever that dollar amount is on average. And anybody listening, just calculate that yourself and think about it before it's before it's an expense right if it costs you a hundred dollars to get somebody and they're giving you a hundred dollars on day one that's great you can ultimately just keep getting more people and then their lifetime value will make them profitable if it costs you a hundred dollars or it costs you three hundred dollars to bring somebody in and they're only giving you a hundred dollars on day one it handcuffs you right you have to now it's three months before you break even 
And then that's not counting your, you know, your other expenses. Thankfully in group classes, the incremental cost of adding another member right now isn't too high, but it's one of those things that you really have to look at. Whereas what I, you know, what I see from some gym owners that are, are working the system, right, is the opposite, right? If you can make money acquiring people, then it's just a matter of, do I flip the switch on or off, right? If people are giving you three or $400 on day one, and it costs you a hundred or 200 to acquire them. Like if I told you everyone that came in your door was going to give you $400, you'd say, all right, I don't care if it costs me 200 to acquire them, right? That doesn't mean $200 per lead because you're not going to close every person, but it gets more exciting to be like, all right, I can take 10 clients. I'm going to spend this much money. And before the credit card bill for Facebook comes due, I collected, you know, for 40,000 or whatever, $4,000, not 40,000. That would be amazing. Um, really one of those things that people look at separately. And if you look at them together, it, it helps you get a better picture of where you can go with any, any marketing plan, any advertising plan. So um, hopefully that's something where as you see the progress of things, you keep, keep those things together. So uh, once you do that, right, you guys, the next step that we always look at with people is fulfillment, right? What's going on, um, your execution classes and how long are people staying with you? In your case, it sounds like you're, you're checking all the boxes, you're doing all the things you need to do to keep people staying a long time. Is that something you track, like how long clients stay with you right now? Um, I'm not so great at it. No. Um, we are really just trying to put all our focus right now into, and it's probably something we should try and keep track of, um, focus on getting those people in the door, just trying to continue to grow. Yeah. Um, we do have some longtime members who have been with us for a while, which is great. But um, one thing that I've been noticing lately is just the, the struggle is real when it comes to retaining uh, some of our clients. They get really excited. They, they hit a bunch of goals and then they just kind of, um, maybe right. it's like it's like waves you know what I mean? it's yeah. almost like the stock market you know it's just it's just like that it's like you have you have like a group of people who are in it to win it for a long time and then you know they hit that you know they might have been 200 pounds they get to 190 180 everything's great and then once they get to 180 they can't break it and they keep doing the same stuff but you gotta you, you keep telling them like this is when you gotta take a week or two aside to really just nail down your dieting and nail down your working out, making sure not only are you getting there on time or getting there, but you're pushing it because your body's plateaued. You have to push it over that little plateau. And it might not be at the, you know, what it might not be at the 10 pound mark, whatever. I know for me when I was, you know, when I was losing weight, it was always at like the 180, 170. It was always like a it was like at that flat mark, you know, where it was kind of like I had to do a little something extra, whether it be tweaking my eating habits or tweaking the working out, adding some more working out. But most of the time, 90% of the time, it's tweaking your diet. You know what I'm saying? And just to touch a little bit more on that, uh, what we were talking about is uh, another thing we experience is although some, some of our members might fall off, a lot of the times they'll find their way back. And they just, like he was saying, the waves. So we'll have people who maybe weren't with us for a couple months and they come back and then they might fall off mm -hmm. and then they come back. So, um, yeah, that's something that we're, we're um, working on. Yeah. 
I mean, I think, I mean, honestly, even without the, even without the, um, uh, without the marketing that I was not doing prior to COVID and just off of my own Facebook and just word of mouth, if everybody who would have came through the door would have just stuck around, we'd probably have, we'd have a, we'd need a place that's like four times the size, you know? <laughs> Yeah, you know, and it's not that. And it's not that. You know, a lot of times I don't. You know, a lot of times it's not that. It's not. And a lot of these people, like I either know on social media or whatever the case might be, and it's not that they're at another gym or they didn't like it. They people just don't. You know, this isn't. This isn't Florida. You know what I mean? And this isn't a. This isn't a Midwest city where, like Chicago, where you have you know more people who are more. I feel like there's more demand for it. You know what I mean? There's more people who are younger, who are successful, who have homes, who already have everything and they, they just need a place to work out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like we don't, I feel like we're missing that in a smaller city like this, you know? And not only that, it's a smaller city that has an overload of like now studios and little small gyms and, you know, and, you know, let alone then you got the big ones here, you know, so in, you know, their marketing, their marketing budget's probably 10 times ours, you know, there's a, there's a gym out here in Madison uh, that has two big locations that are probably like, I mean, they have like full swimming pools inside of them, you know, they're, so they're probably thousands upon thousands of square feet. And even those bigger gyms have smaller gyms that are like our size, but that are spread throughout the city. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's, it's hard, you know, it's hard to compete when you're one location and then this big gym is out here with like two huge, three huge ones and then like 10 small ones that you can go check in any which one you want, you know? But one thing I'm really proud of is we are still staying afloat. Yeah, no, 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 of course, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and something I don't want to miss the opportunity to, to give you guys credit for is you may be losing people, but the fact that they're coming back, I think speaks to the way your execution and your culture. I think the thing that stands in the way is, you know, figuring out a way and having the processes in place in the, the systems to not let those people slip through because it's usually people falling victim to their own excuses, right? And I think that's where what you said about maybe not being in a higher income area like Chicago, where if things aren't going right for somebody, the first thing they cut isn't their gym membership, right? It's it's a different mind state, it's different finances. There's There's a lot of different ways to look at it. So if you can't get ahead of it, if you don't have a system or a process, and believe me, I'm going to say 95% of gyms suffer this same thing. If you don't have that, then the first thing people are going to cut is, I don't know where your price range is, but for most boutique studios, small gyms, it's you know anywhere from $100 to $250 a month that people see that and they're like, all right, I can cut that. I'll get back to the gym. Some people right. do, some people don't, but trying to get ahead of that can sometimes be the be the toughest thing. So yeah, I think you guys, thing. as you focus on getting more people in, right, that's going to give you a little bit of, you know, a little bit of breathing room, a little bit of ability to say, all right, we have enough people coming in. Let's, let's take better stock. Let's pay attention to who stays this long. Like it'll give you that breathing room to be able to track it and get ahead of it. 
Yeah, I think that's important, and that's kind of what we, I think that's kind of important. That's kind of what we need. I think a lot every every small studio just needs that constant flow of people coming through the door. That that determines the success rate, you know, um, because without the people coming through the door, like you have so many people that have good intentions, and they're whether they're thirty years old or they're fifty years old, no matter what in their lifetime, especially here in Madison, like. 98% of the time, these are people who have worked out before, maybe for four months, six months. Usually it's no longer than a year straight and they fall off and then they get back on the bandwagon and then they fall off and then they get back on the bandwagon. You know what I mean? And for me personally, just growing into this position, I, I found my focus to change a little bit when it comes to dealing with our members. Um, Granted, we have had a lot of women come through our doors who have had huge transformations. And that's great. Like, that's wonderful. And people really do. You get attention when, when you're able to show that type of stuff. But really, uh, I think what we're trying to focus on more and more is, or, or me personally, is when I'm dealing with our members, <clears throat> it's not just about oh, you have to have like a, the biggest loser type transformation or, oh, you're going to look like some of these CrossFit people, but more about making uh, your working out, your exercise, a part of your lifestyle versus, oh, you come to the gym as a hobby, you know? So I think we're also trying to uh, help our members kind of change their mindset when it comes to getting fit. Yeah. Yeah. The, the mindset thing is huge. And if you have that, you can only do one thing mindset yourself as owners and coaching it'll translate to the clients but if you stay open-minded to we need to give these people whatever they need in order to continue staying around longer because it's good for business but it's good for business because the longer people stay around the healthier lifestyle they're going to adapt and once it becomes a habit then that's something they're going to have for life so so i, I love that switch so um I think that's a that's probably the highest note that we can end on, and we are just about out of time, guys. But before I let you go, um, I want to make sure if people want to find out more about you, if they're listening, if they want to reach out, if they want to talk business with you, or if anybody's in the you know the Madison area and they just want to come check you out, where can they find you online? Uh, yeah, so we have a website, studio11madison.com. We're also on Facebook, uh, Studio Eleven Total Body Fitness. We've got Instagram as well. Studio 11 Madison, you won't be able to miss us. Awesome. Awesome. I appreciate you guys being here. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank, Thank you. you. Such a pleasure. You too. And to everybody out there listening, as always, we appreciate your time. Thank you for spending some of your day with us. As always, we hope you found value in this. If you'd like to hear more episodes, click the subscribe button. We'll notify you when they drop. If you want to be on the show, there's a link in the description. Click the link, fill out the form. Someone from our team will reach out to you as soon as possible. To everybody out there in Jim Lords Nation, keep working hard, keep changing lives, keep kicking ass. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. 
Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast, where we talk real business with real gym owners. I'm your host, Katie, and today I'm here with Justin, owner of State of Fitness in Lansing, Michigan. How's it going, Justin? Hey, thanks so much for having me on. How about you? Uh, I'm doing great. Thank you. Uh, We really, really appreciate you taking some time out of your day to speak with us today. Um, And I'm super excited to start talking about State of Fitness. So let's hop right into it. Tell us a little bit about State of Fitness. Um, What kind of services do you guys offer? Yeah, so we are a personal training facility. So our primary objective is everybody that walks through the door is going to get help in some capacity, you know, whether it's a, you know, one-on-one or private training level small group or large group, you know, everybody that gets through the door, you know, we want to have them trainer led. And even if they're not, you know, trainer led, like during that specific time, um, you know, they're going to be on some type of program or have access to the trainers at any time. Um, Whether they're here working on their own, we're going to go help them while they're working out if they need it. Uh, They don't necessarily have to have us hired for that hour to get help. And so it's a great community to create, create synergy amongst everybody in the facility to make sure that everybody's feeling comfortable when they're here, uh, but also, you know, getting the proper help that they need and they deserve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I love that, that you're, it sounds like you're kind of just giving people the convenience of, you know, like a more open gym, 24 seven kind of facility, but with the personalized attention that they're going to need to meet their goals. Yeah. We don't want anybody to come in here, you know, just, oh, I get a membership and I'm going to go do whatever I feel is good for me. We want to make sure everybody has access to some professional help. And so, you know, and, and feel comfortable, you know, asking for that at any time. So that's kind of what we like to do. Yeah, absolutely. I love that, that you, you know, are so attentive to your clients. And I think that's just really important as far as making sure that people have not only the correct technique, but have a solid path to whatever it is that they're trying to accomplish. Um, so awesome. Well, I'm super excited to dig into a little bit more about what you guys are doing right now, but, um, but first give us a little background on how state of fitness came to be and how did you know it was the right time for you to go into business for yourself? Yeah. So, you know, we were, it was, uh, about 2009 and I was doing very well as a trainer at a, at a big place, um, here called the Michigan athletic club. It's a monstrous place, like 300,000 square feet. And, you know, I just had people approach me and say, it's time to go and, and, and find your own spot. And it was during the whole, you know, 2007, 2009 era where, you know, real estate was cheap because of the quote unquote recession. Mm-hmm. And I also was watching, you know, well, CrossFit was on the rise at that time. So you're seeing these group training facilities open up and then you're seeing personal training clubs open up. I'm like, wow, we can do this. And there's no one like this in our area at all. And I'm like, this is what we need to do. Um, and so I gathered a bunch of trainers from the place I was at, and I got a business partner at the time, and we said, let's go for it. 
And uh, we, we kind of knew what we were doing at first, but we were fortunate enough to meet uh, my now mentor and great friend, uh, Thomas Plummer. And he really, you know, helped us understand how we could really make a sustainable, you know, training club over the course of time and, and continue to evolve and grow. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. That's, that's a very cool story. And I do, like I said, I love your, your business model. It's so unique. I haven't really heard of a lot of people sort of running that, um, you know, type of thing. So that's cool that you have been working with a mentor. Um, as far as that is concerned, how did you find him? Like, how did you come across? Did you go out, you know, searching for a mentor? Um, you know, if, tell us a little bit about how that relationship came to be. Sure, absolutely. So, you know, even, you know, probably in the early, like 2010s, I believe it was, I'd go to these, even before that, early 2000s, sorry, I went to all these things called Perform Better Summits. And Perform Better is a equipment company by trade, but they do a lot of uh, educational summits and seminars and things like that. And my a funny story is my wife was, I think, about, oh, six, seven months pregnant at the time. And she goes a day early to this conference while we stay back and work. And she says, man, this guy, Thomas Plummer, he, you know, I'm at this conference. He told me we're going to fail. Whatever we're doing is not right. And this and that and the other and she's crying like what are we going to do because we just opened up like six months earlier and put a you know put a lot of investment into it and i'm like all right well we'll be in chicago in a second he said meet me in toronto let's have a powwow and he basically had us almost change everything we had to do as far as our business model what we do with our employees um how we you know structured really everything top to bottom and we just bought in and you know, we doubled our revenue in like six months and what we really did is we we built a sustainable system you know, for our employees, for our members, and for our business model. Um, and so, you know, if you Google Thomas Plummer, he's considered the biggest fitness business influencer in the world. He's, he just retired, just went to his retirement party last week after 45 years in the fitness industry. And if you think about the fitness industry, it's not much older than 45 years. You know, so uh, we were very, I guess, fortunate. I hate to use the word lucky that we met someone that saw you know, the, uh, you know, he, he believed in us and said, Hey, I, I see you guys have some great things here, but let's button it up and make sure it's sustainable. And so that's what we did. Yeah. Very, very cool. I love that, that, you know, you were obviously not <laughs> great that it came out of like a bit, a little bit of a panic moment from your wife. Um, but that's cool that, you know, you had that open mindset to, to getting help with your business because not everybody has that sort of mindset. Yeah, I mean, you, you, I feel, and I still do it to this day, is, you know, what do I want to accomplish and who's accomplishing or who's doing what I'm doing that are what I want to do? And so I'm going to try to learn from them. I'm going to try to steal all their ideas. I'm going to see what they did wrong, see what they did right. And uh, you're never too you know, old to learn. You know, I've been in this industry for over 20 years. And uh, like I, I went to a conference last weekend and I have, you know, six pages of notes. It's like, you know, there's always something better you can do. And you know, I think that in the fitness industry, you know, to be honest with you, we've trained, we've have a, we have a school called State of Fitness University, mm -hmm. and we've had over 400 people, 450 people go through the school in 12 years. Um, and one of the big things I say is, you know, you can never, you're never too big to, to ask for help. Um, there's always things that you can improve because mm -hmm. um, there's no perfect gym owner. And, and, you know, sometimes let's be real. A lot of trainers have some egos. You get into it with, you got to have a little chip on your shoulder. Sometimes you got to have some swag. Um, but you know, if you let that go too far and don't humble yourself and ask for help, you know, it'll come back and bite you. That's for sure. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, do you mind me asking, tell us a little bit more about this um, State of Fitness University. What is that exactly? Yeah, so that's our internship and mentorship program. So, and it's totally 100% free. Um, what what I, When I was 21 years old, I was a student at Michigan State and I was a full-time trainer at the time while I was going to school. And I'm like, I can't handle all this stuff. What do I do? And I heard intern, you know, I had to get my own internship to graduate. And I'm like, well, I asked my advisor, I said, well, can I get an intern for my gym? She's like, sure. And so I had an intern, developed a great relationship, loved teaching, loved having that relationship with, a, with someone, even though they were my peer at the time, mm-hmm. and just saw that synergy. Fast forward, I started doing like, back in the day, I called it boot camp and speed quiz and agility stuff. I'm like, okay, I can't coach 20 people at once on my own. This is getting out of control. I need some help. Got interns. And so from there, I saw that if I'm going to build good employees and build a good foundation for my business, I've got to start them from the ground up. We don't hire off just a resume and, and an interview. You know, it's a 15, you know, you have to go through our internship program to be hired. And so by the time they're ready to be on the floor, you know, they know exactly our business model. They know our, our uh, you know, our exercise model, our training model. Um, and so, th- and also it's part of me wanting to give back. So being in it so long and seeing such a gap in that trainer's you know, just didn't have a lot of opportunity to go learn. You know, you get your certification, you know, you worked out with your buddies and, oh, I'm a trainer now. Well, we know there's a lot more to it than that. There's a lot more learning. And so we provide like a learning lab for people to come to. I put it on just like a college course. Um, It's got a syllabus and, you know, meeting schedule and books to read and et cetera. And, and of course, hands-on learning right, you know, on the floor doing private, small group and large group training. Um, and so we've had everybody, we've had people travel from Dubai, we've had people come from Iowa, from California, you know, to do our internship program for the simple fact that we really give them the time that they deserve to learn. And uh, I, we just want to make sure, my thing is, is if we can raise the bar of every trainer, it's only going to make our industry grow, we're going to be able to charge more money, be better compensated. I mean, I have, I have so I'm pointing here. There's like literally a crunch. I can knock on the wall. There's crunch fitness right next to my gym. I can run a hundred yards this way. There's an F45 right there. Then we have trainers coming to me saying, you know what? We're not getting any, any education. Can we come to your internship program? Now, you know, I love that. And we would welcome them. It's a conflict of interest. But the point being is we want to, we don't care if it's competition. You know, we want to help all trainers learn because again, that ship will rise if everybody gets better. And I think that, you know, that's where the industry needs to go. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's super cool, especially that, you know, like you said, it's something that you want, you know, you do free of charge, you make it accessible to basically everyone. I think that's amazing, such an amazing thing that you're doing. And I think that's, that you're so right. They're just, you know, it's some of the certifications are easy to get, but then it's like, well, then what do you do? after that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, certification is kind of like that's the stamp of approval. You know, you get to be have liability insurance and things like that. But our thought process is you need some hands-on learning. You know, you need to have a mentor. You need to have someone helping you out. You need to go learn from other folks, learn from their mistakes. Um, it's just going to make you a much more well-rounded, well-prepared trainer. Um, it's really not fair to a trainer just to get a certification and say, okay, what do I do next? You know, how do you get a client? How do you understand which populations to work with? Um, you know, how do I sustain this as a career? Because the sad, sad fact in the fitness industry is, you know, the average trainer only stays in it two and a half to three and a half years. I mean, that's not a long career. And there's reasons for that because there's not any support. And that's the problem. 
yeah, amazing. I love I love that you guys are are providing that for people. That's very cool. Um, awesome. Well, I would love to um, kind of switch gears here and get a little more tactical with what kind of things you guys are doing in your business right now. Um, as we talked off the air, you said um, you know you have kind of your main location, a couple satellite corporate offices. Um, but for the purposes of this, let's talk just like main location. Um, you know, you guys are sitting just shy of about 240 members right now, um, looking to grow maybe closer to that 280 mark. So what kinds of things are you guys doing right now to get people interested in joining the facility? Yeah, so our, our main message to folks is that we wanna have a safe place for you to come, not necessarily due to like the, the COVID stuff, but for people to come in and know that not just the trainers are going to support them, but the members are going to support them. You know, it's pretty, you know, I guess cliche at this point to talk about the community aspect of it. So we don't go to that so much. It's just that, you know, it's a place where you can feel comfortable if you're new, you can feel comfortable if you're, you know, very fit, you know, whatever the case may be. And so, you know, we used to do a lot of content creation marketing, you know, blogs, videos, recipes, that whole fun stuff. And, and that was great. Um, and, and we still have all that stuff at people's access, but that really didn't necessarily turn into members um, because you know, we have to find an emotional bridge with people. You know, why do they really need to join a gym? Um, you know, it's, it's an emotional buy. If we're going to charge an average of $250 a month for a membership, you know, there's going to be some type of emotion attached to that. So we've got to grab them that way. Um, and so that's, you know, how we, that's our message to folks. Um, you know, if we're talking in, in terms of like a marketing standpoint, you know, you know, let's say three, five years ago, um, even now a little bit, you know, social media, we all know that that's the way to go. But, you know, is that really where you're getting a good consumer? Depends on your populated area. If you're in Seattle or if you're in New York, yeah, social media is going to matter because your SEO and your Google stuff is going to be just cram packed full of people. So you can't get to the top of the page. So in my area where East Lansing, 40, 50,000 people, um, we really focus on having a very, very good presence on Google. Um, and so that's where, you know, we're, we're trying to go at, um, but where we're make, where I'm trying to make an impact as a twofer, when I say a twofer is one, giving back to the community, two people recognizing that we're here for the community. So anytime there's some type of local charity, donation, golf outing, school event, et cetera, we are going to donate to it. So if anything passes through our eyes, we're going to immediately do something for that. Having a presence in your community um, I think, you know, first, it's just a good thing to do. But second, you know, let's, let's be real. It's a great advertising. Mm -hmm. uh, and so those are, that's a big way we're really trying to uh, have folks understand that, hey, we're the fitness folks in the community. We're the trusted source. We want to get to the point where, you know, think of like that local restaurant where, you know, we had one here as a pizza place and they didn't do advertising 30, 40 years, never advertised. Well, they're packed every day is because of the best and they have that reputation. That's what we want to try to get to is that they know if you want the best personal training, you're going to come to State of Fitness. And, you know, not that we're not going to advertise, but we want that reputation um, that, you know, it's just on the tip of everybody's tongue when they talk about personal training and fitness. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. That's a fantastic way to not only give back to the community, but, you know, make it a benefit for yourself as well. So 
Absolutely. Very cool. Um, awesome. So, um, you know, you told us a little bit about how you were kind of attracting new clients. So walk us through then the journey of a person from, you know, when they raise their hand and say, hey, I'm interested in joining your gym until they sign up for, you know, whatever your new client program is. Yeah, absolutely. So every time someone signs up, we, we, we try to get them to do what's called our 21 day PT experience. And so what they're going to do is they get to try everything we have to offer for three days. So they get first, they get an initial session with our training director. Um, and at that time, you know, go over the stuff that, you know, uh, you would with your client, you know, health history, et cetera. What are our goals? Why are you here? You know, we really want to put the conversation in their hands. We want to know about them. What are they looking for? Uh, what are their expectations? What have they done before? What's their fitness experience? And so we can better understand them. And then we'll take them through like a functional movement screen and, you know, take them through a small workout so we can get some good, you know, measurements on them so that when we do train them in a smaller, large group, you know, we can have some notes on them. So we're not just, you know, throwing whatever exercise at them that may not be suitable for them. We need to find some information. Then from there, they'll go into our small group and large group training. They get to try as much as it they have they want we have to offer. Um, we'll give them a guide though, like you know you should do this two times a week and this once a week, etc. We'll definitely direct them. We also have virtual training, like you know every other gym should have, I think, um, just to have that layer, have that option. And you know, so during that 21 days for a lower entry price, they get to experience us. We want them to taste it, feel it, and touch it. And make sure that you know it's right for them. Do they like the, the the fitness facility, like the community? Do they like our training style? Does it work for them logistically? Um, so that's our our chance to kind of you know win that consumer, and then for the consumer to to experience us. And then from there, you know we we will talk to them, and we always give a membership recommendation based on all the information we have. Um, but you know at the end of the day, they're going to choose what they want, and we have a variety of options for them. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Well, yeah, that's nice that you, um, you know, kind of give them like a little trial period. Um, and obviously it sounds like your gym is, is pretty awesome, kind of sells itself. Um, but you know, no matter how fantastic you are, obviously not 100% of people are going to end up continuing after that point. Um, so what would you say for you guys is like the biggest barrier or objection to continuing after that trial period? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think it's been a little bit cyclical. I think in the past it was price. So in our area, when we put this right on our website, if you're making a decision based on price, we're probably not the place for you um, because you know it's an investment. Now, post COVID, this is what I think and what I've seen a trend in industry is price is not as big a factor. We actually raised our prices and we have less people debating that price. And I think that you know, and I think in the next five years, you're going to see this more is that people are going to start to invest more time and money into their body, into their fitness, which is a great thing for the fitness industry, of course. Um, so I think the biggest barrier is time and logistics. So people aren't quite sure if they can carve enough time in their day. They're busier than ever. Their kids are busier than ever. Um, their work demands are, are quite high. And so if they don't have enough time or they don't think they can make it, that's going to be the biggest barrier. And what our job is, is to try to encourage them and help them understand that, yeah, you can weave this into your daily schedule. Um, so I think the time and logistics are, are the biggest barrier right now for folks. Yeah, absolutely. That totally makes sense. Um, you know, and I love that you guys recognize how much you are worth 
um, and, you know, charge accordingly, because I think a lot of people have the mentality of like, oh, if I just lower my prices, then more people will join. Um, and it's just, it's really not the case, honestly. Um, you know, like people, if they invest more into it, they value it more. That's 100%. You know, it's, it's, uh, you know, and also that that's huge. I, if you have a, like you buy an expensive car, you're probably gonna take care of it more, right? It's just the way, way we do it. But also I think this is okay. If a trainer or a training club or a gym really thinks they're the best, well, then they have to charge the most. I mean, it's plain and simple. You know, a BMW and a Mercedes is better than a GM car because it is, and they charge more and they know they can get that much money. And so, you know, if, you, if you're going to say that you're the best and we're going to be the best, you can't be the cheapest. Those two things cannot go together. And so we actually look at our market in the area and we try to charge more than anybody in the area because we do feel like we're the best. And we don't say that in a, you know, in a conceited you know, way. It's just we know we put the time and effort and the system into, the, you know, into our programming and into our really training our trainers. It's all about our other trainers carrying out the message. Um, so we're going to charge accordingly and they deserve to be paid, you know, and so that we've got to, we've got to charge for that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny because you basically said exactly what I was going to say is, you know, you guys know that you have invested the time and money and effort into becoming the best. And it's great that you recognize that and, and charge accordingly. So um, very cool. Well, okay. So we talked a little bit about, you know, how you get people interested in the gym, how you get them signed up. Um, you know, we know kind of your core offerings, but um, let's touch on a little bit, you know, what else, what other kind of things that you guys do to add more value for your clients and help them get the most out of the, the relationship with you. So do you guys offer any sort of like other services like online coaching, nutrition, counseling, supplement sales, apparel sales, things like that? Yeah, absolutely. Kind of all the above. So, you know, we, we do want to make it, let's just kind of go to, I guess, retail and supplement sales. We try to handpick, we don't go through just one company. And we're not in the business of, you know, selling supplements per se. Of course, we're going to make money off it. Um, but we want to try to get our members access to the, uh, what we feel are the most highest quality, whether it's a fish oil, a protein, you know, a, a bar, et cetera. Um, and so, hey, this is what we use. This is what we recommend. And we try to sell it for less than what they can get it online. You know, even if it's just a couple of bucks. And that's kind of our goal is because we know they can go on Amazon or wherever and, and buy something online. That's no problem. And, and you know, and they can still do that. It's, it's not a problem. Um, but we try to do that for our folks so they know they can, A, have a, some trusted sources of supplements and, and food items. Uh, and B, we know we can give them, well, they appreciate that we give them a little bit less of a price for being a member here um, at State of Fitness. Uh, we also try to do other things like when, when we, we close early on the weekends. And so we'll have a yoga instructor come do some yoga. The place is quiet. It's open. They go on our turf and, you know, we just try to add value doing that different events. We have a uh, kettlebell workshop this weekend where um, it's, it's free to members, but we recommend at least a $15 donation and we donate all the money towards a charity. We don't take any of that money. It's all for a fundraising thing. So we'll do kettlebell workshops. We have a elite runner on staff who do running clinics. Again, it's a couple bucks, but we're going to donate all that money to charity. Um, so we do try to do a lot of things like that. Member engagement, you know, type things, uh, whether it's a holiday party, things like that. So we're always trying to think about how we can keep people engaged 
we, we do a variety of things like uh, different, uh, you know, awards, like we do something called My Zone. So we have like a MEP award. Uh, you know, we have something called Frequent Sweaters, where if you make it in 12 times or a month or more, you get recognized on social. You get in a drawing for, you know, free training session, free month's membership, things like that. So we try to do, you know, as much as we can besides the training to keep people engaged because, uh, you know, it, it's easy to not be engaged at the gym. You know, it's, you can find every, any reason not to come to the gym, you know, because everybody's got a busy reason. And so we try to give people reasons not to, not to, not to quit or not to come in. Right. Perfect. And that's funny. That's a perfect segue into what I was going to ask you about next um, was I wanted to touch a little bit upon retention. Um, obviously, you know, you guys have all those programs, things going on, and that obviously helps um, a big a lot. Um, so is retention something that you're tracking on a monthly basis? Yeah, absolutely. We track everything from you know, leads to, you know, people that freeze or upgrade or downgrade or what have you quit, join, you know, we, we want to keep from a, from a year to year basis. We want to try to retain 80% of our members. Mm -hmm. And that's actually, you know, actually a high, a high mark to hit right. because when you're in our, in our kind of sector where people are spending 150, 200 and we have people do private training, spend up to a thousand dollars a month. You know, it's easy to look at your bank account and say, oh, I'm going to quit. You know, I'm not using it. And uh, I just, this is too much money. Whereas if it's a cheap membership, they'll say, oh, I'll go next month. It's only 10, 20 bucks. And so retention for us is actually trying to get people in the door where some clubs are like, okay, we're going to have you know, 5,000 memberships, 10,000 memberships. And, you know, seven to 10% of people come in. That's the uh, industry average for those big box gyms. We want to have our members use it at least 3.2 times a week. We need at least 70% of our membership to do that for us to hit that mark. And so if people kind of fall by the wayside, they don't come in, we run a report and we say, oh, this person has been in less than seven times a month. And if they've been in here less than seven times a month, we're going to give them a an email, um, text and email. Uh, we also have our own app and we can message through the app and say, hey, how you doing? What's going on? No, she haven't been in in a long time, et cetera. You know, maybe you should sit down for a consult. Let's get you back going. And so we keep constant communication with those folks so we don't lose them. Yeah, perfect. I love that you guys have a really solid system in place for that because a lot of places, well, one, either, you know, they don't have a solid system, people start to fall through the cracks, or two, I've heard from a lot of people sometimes that they feel like they don't necessarily want to reach out to those people that haven't been in a while because they don't want to like call attention to it because they're afraid that they're going to end up leaving, canceling, whatever. But um, usually, you know, from what I've seen, it ends up being the exact opposite. Like people, you know, you give them a call, you give them a text, you give them an email and people are like, oh, well, like they actually, I guess I should go back into the gym. They actually care if I'm there. No, that's a legit concern as an owner or as a manager or whatever at the facility is Oh man, if I tell them they're not coming, they're not, they're going to quit. And that, ha and that happens, you know, but here's the thing. Do you really want a member to keep paying a bunch of money and not come in? I mean, right. how good do you feel about taking their money? Right. You kind of feel silly. And so it's just the risk you have to take. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And, and like I said, I've, I've seen from experience that it, it usually for the most part does end up being the opposite. So yeah. perfect. Um, all right. So we have talked about how you guys got started a lot about what you guys are doing now. Let's shift our focus to the future here a little bit. Um, what are the, what are your goals for the next year or two? What's, what's next for you guys? 
Well, I think it, we're, we're looking at, well, obviously keeping what we have really good, but um, as our training model evolves, we want to try to um, eventually not have large group training. And because mm -hmm. large group training, in my opinion, and there's nothing wrong with it, by the way, I think it ha has value and it's phenomenal in many ways. Um, large group training, when we talk about large group training, we're talking about 10 plus. Yep. And, you know, it, it just, it's not personal training. Okay. You can do personal training in a small group setting and a private setting. And at the end of the day, we're personal trainers, not group fitness instructors. And again, there's nothing wrong with that. We just want to stick to what we're good at. And so, you know, during COVID, we're like, hey, what are we the best at? And we're best at high quality personal training. And you, you asked me this earlier about nutrition and lifestyle coaching. And yes, we do that as well. And so we want to put all our eggs in those baskets um, and, you know, kind of evolve out of the, the group training stuff. Um, I think that with current circumstances, private training or one-on-one -on -one training is on the rise. I think that's becoming more attractive um, for reason for many reasons. One, people kind of want to have their own space. Two, people are willing to add, you know, spend a little more money on themselves, um, especially when it comes to their health. And so we're really going to start moving towards that. And, you know, we are going to have to move our facility. Uh, for a variety of reasons, but we also feel if we can tighten up our facility and, and make it um, uh, basically from a logistical standpoint easier to use and easier to manage, well, again, we can focus on our customers more um, and also we can give back to our employees more because when you have a, in the training gym business, if you have 11,000 square feet, that's big. Right. You know, you, you know, let's just think of like whatever brand out there you want to name, boutique gyms, let's call them. 1,500, 2,000, 3,000, maybe 5,000 square feet. That's all you really need. And so we're going to, we are going to move from our, our facility because there's a, we don't own it. There's a lot of money that needs to be put back into it. We've already put a ton into it. So it's time to move on, get a nice new facility and go back to our headshot concept, which, which is personal training and just really kill that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Um, so it sounds like, yeah, you guys are planning to downsize on um, space. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, we're downsized space, but also we'd like to have two places. So that's kind of the, the long-term goal is, um, you know, because we're still here through 2022 and uh, we're still in the works of solidifying our spot and we're doing a pretty good job so far, but we feel that, and we've done some of the numbers and, you know, we feel for the same base operating expenses and bills and all that fun stuff, uh, we can have two smaller places instead of one big and we can spread ourselves out so we can you know, get even a larger dose of the community based on logistics. And, you know, people, they're not going to drive much more than 12 minutes to a gym. And so we've got to make sure that we kind of hit both both areas of, of, of our town, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's perfect. Sounds like a super solid plan there. I love that. Um, awesome. Well, looks like we are kind of winding down on time here. So before we go, um, I do have one last question for you. And that's if you could go back and give yourself or our listeners one piece of advice about running your own business, what would that be? Um, I think it would be talk to someone more before you open it. Mm -hmm. I think that you, I, I didn't get enough information um, about what I was really getting into. Um, just because you're a great trainer doesn't mean you're going to be a good business owner. And that goes for any profession because you're a good practitioner or craftsman or woman. Um, you know, there's a lot of things to be learned, but there's people out there that will help you. That's the neat thing. You know, if someone's successful um, and they've done a great job and, and they're being looked up to, 
if someone reaches out to them, they're going to help because they didn't get there on their own. And so I think doing even more research before you start. Also, the second one is make sure if you do get a partner, you really know what you're getting yourself into. Partnerships can work, but they more often than not, unfortunately, statistically, they don't work out very well. And so make sure if you do have a partner that you, you know, have every T crossed, every I dotted on, you know, decision making and, and having that exit strategy, you know, for when that time comes. Yeah, that's that's fantastic advice because yeah, that's definitely sort of a risk reward situation there for sure. Um, so I love that you said that. I think it'll be super useful to someone who is you know looking to start their own facility and kind of weighing their options. So thank you very much for that. Um, my pleasure. Awesome. Okay, cool. Well, we are out of time. So um, thank you so much for being here today and chatting with me, Justin. It was amazing to hear about what you guys have going on at Seda Fitness. Um, so before we go, for all of our listeners out there, what's your website and where can we find you guys on social media? Yeah, absolutely. So mystateoffitness.com is our website. Uh, you can go for Instagram, State of Fitness, same thing on Twitter. Same thing on Facebook. So we had to put the my on the website because someone already had the domain. So oh, I just put okay. the my on there. But everything else is state of fitness. You know, uh, Twitter, we even have Pinterest, you know, all that type of stuff. Vimeo, a large Vimeo channel, with tons of videos. So you go to state of fitness Vimeo and uh, check us out. All right, perfect. I mean, I know I'm going to go check that stuff out afterwards. So. Good. Awesome. All right. Well, to all of our listeners out there, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. We hope you found some value in my conversation with Justin here today. If you'd like to hear more, be sure to um, click the subscribe button. And if you'd like to be featured on the podcast, click the link in the description, fill out the form, and a member of the team will be in touch as soon as possible. This has been another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. We'll see you on the other side. Gym Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.